coming up on this edition of Out of the Blue from Middle Tennessee State University. We preview Joys of the Season, our annual holiday event. We explore a professor's research into youth media practices around the world, and we discuss how universities like MTSU are partnering to encourage family literacy. I'm Andrew Ottman, and this is Out of the Blue. Hi everyone, welcome to a very special segment of the December episode of Out of the Blue. With me, my good friend and the director of bands at MTSU, Dr. Reed Thomas. Welcome to the show. It's good to be here, thank you. You know, we've started a tradition, you and me. We always include in our December episode a preview rehearsal of the Joys of the Season show. Now, our show, Out of the Blue, is gonna be premiering December 1st, and that's when Joys of the Season is playing at Tucker Theater. However, we didn't want to deprive our viewers of an opportunity to see the great wind ensemble play. Talk about what goes into this and how much fun this is. Well, we're really involved this year. We're doing three pieces as opposed to the typical one. So they've enjoyed having us there. So the more the merrier, I guess. That's a bedrock of the show. And it just sets the excitement and enthusiasm. I was telling your team this before we went on air. And just, we're just so very, very proud of everything they do. So set up the first song. What are we going to hear first? We're gonna hear a recording of the Mannheim Steamler version of Silent Nights called Still Knocked. Okay, Dr. Reed Thomas, thank you so much. Take it away. All right, will do.
your MTSU Alumni Association has a goal of placing this pin on the lapel of all those who call this campus theirs. Let's pass that tradition on. Let's pass it on. Don't underestimate me. Don't count me out. Don't limit my potential. Don't block my runway. We are Middle Tennessee State University. I exceed expectations. I work harder than the rest. I set the tone. I still serve with honor. I go the distance. I am True Blue. I am True Blue. As a member of this diverse community, I am a valuable contributor to its progress and its success. I am engaged in the life of this community. I am a recipient and a giver. I'm a listener and a speaker. I am honest in word and deed. I am committed to reason, not violence. I am a learner. Now and forever. I am a Blue Raider. I am a Blue Raider. I'm a Blue Raider. True Blue. Pass the tradition on. Pass the tradition on. Pass it on! Do you want the advantages of a major university with the Ivy League experience of an honors college? What you're looking for is right in front of you. Middle Tennessee State University's beautiful campus is home to over 140 majors taught in state-of-the-art facilities. Our undergraduates get hands-on experience, working alongside a highly respected and caring faculty. Take a closer look. Become True Blue. Middle Tennessee State University offers more than 100 master's and doctoral degrees designed for working professionals. Many of MTSU's graduate programs are offered partially or completely online. More information is available at mtsu.edu graduate. Welcome back to Out of the Blue. I'm Andrew Oppmann. Dr. Sanjay Astana, a professor in our School of Journalism and Strategic Media, has been studying youth media practices both in the United States and all around the world. Now his work in this area was perhaps best highlighted by UNESCO, the United Nations Research, Scientific and Cultural Organization. For them, he studied youth media work in several nations, ranging from Ghana to Zambia. An accomplished researcher and teacher, he also teaches courses in media studies, globalization, and communication technologies. Welcome to Out of the Blue. Thank you, Andrew. You've got an impressive resume, and so much of your work has been delving into uh, international media. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to start first with this, what I found was particularly intriguing, your focus on youth media practice. Walk me through how you got interested in that and how you began studying that. Well, Andrew, in, uh, you know, when I was a child in India, you know, I lost my dad when I was about 10 years old. It was tough going, meaning we was, you know, from a very poor socioeconomic background, and I, at age 11, 12, I started tutoring kids, you know, mm -hmm. who were, you know, just about seven, eight years old. And it was a tough going, and I began to really understand that the power of uh, learning and education, mm -hmm. as I'm teaching, teaching uh, kids, you know, who, you know, sort of chemistry, physics, biology, and I'm learning through that, you know, and that was the first, I think, formative influence on me. And when I was uh, 19 years old, you know, mm -hmm. when I was mm -hmm. in, at, at a bachelor's level, uh, I was doing radio work, youth radio in India. It was a straight-run radio network where I was presenting programs and I was reading John Dewey. 
the great American pragmatist. You know, mm -hmm. I read his books on experience and you know education, and I got influenced by that. I was in a way sort of imbibing that the culture, the ethos of learning and education. So that actually helped me to sort of, you know, begin to channel my own uh, upbringing and my own uh, background into, you know, a something higher. I interviewed Noam Chomsky and then later I had uh, the privilege of, you know, also interviewing a couple of senators who were visiting Hyderabad, India, my, my place where I come from. I think it was Galbraith and uh, Another senator who was visiting and who came from Bombay, Delhi, and you know, we're in Hyderabad about Indo-US relations. So those were the early influences. And then I applied for a US. There was a Fulbright scholar who was visiting India from Syracuse University. He said, hey, you know, you want to apply to some universities in the US. And that's how you got here? And I got to the <laughs> University of Minnesota. Yeah, and I did my uh, master's, uh, PhD, in, in, in school of journal at the School of Journalism and uh, Mass Communication mm -hmm. at the University of Minnesota. So that was my early, you know, sort of a interest in pedagogy and learning mm -hmm. education. Well, you've studied youth media practices, it sounds like, in what well, I know, in mm -hmm. several countries. Mm -hmm. What are the things that you find in common, no matter where you go? I look at the working class uh, inner city and working class uh, young people. Mm -hmm. What I find intriguing about the whole uh, experience that I had with field work uh, with young people is that they have a very good uh, sort of a curiosity towards you know uh, inexpensive uh, digital media technologies and sort of building stories through that, using those things as a way to understand their own place in the world and also to sort of craft narratives, visual narratives or, you know, digital narratives about issues that are sort of more pertinent to their lives, you know, in, in the context of, you know, in villages in uh, Ghana, in Zambia, in South Africa, for instance. I didn't travel to all of these places because, you know, I, this was the first grand proposal for UNESCO when I was at the University of Minnesota. When I wrote the proposal for media education, uh, young people, uh, they, you know, invited me to Paris. I went to Paris. I made a pitch for that. I, when I was moving from Minnesota to uh, Murfreesboro mm -hmm. at, at the MTSU, uh, I went there and I gave a pitch and they liked it and they gave me about twelve, thirteen thousand dollars and they said, hey, you know, you can develop this, you know, monograph on young people and digital media practices. Mm -hmm. And that is where I began to really ground myself in that and, you know, did a kind of an extensive field work. I sort of gained some insight, you know, kind of uh, interviewing young people. What I saw was that learning through collaboration was one thing that stood out to me. Young people have a great deal of curiosity and no matter where they come from, uh, whether they're villages and or working class backgrounds or small towns, that they have that inquisitiveness to learn mm -hmm. and that media was a common place where they would sort of assemble, come together and craft visual narratives, craft, you know, some, some of them are writing newspapers, articles, some of them developing content using the production and layout and architecture of the affordances of the media. Mm -hmm. And that is where I think, you know, it is the glue that uh, sort of connects all the young people together. And it's, I think that was a fascinating uh, sort of for me, myself, to look at that. What's amazing about hearing you, you speak of this is that you're here at MTSU, mm -hmm. yet you've got such a global perspective. How do you work with your students to kind of have them understand the global perspective? Talk about the type of courses you're teaching and how that travel benefits the curriculum here at MTSU. I teach a couple undergrad courses in the visual communication, mm -hmm. uh, and then I teach, uh, recently I've started teaching digital media literacies. Mm -hmm. These are undergraduate classes that I teach, history of visual communication. And then I teach a couple graduate classes in global culture and communication, and the other one is communication technology. So this is a quite a broad swath of area that I cover. The key interest for me, if you look at that, you know, as you asked me in the beginning, that you know, what mm -hmm. is your intellectual interest? 
teaching is something that you know has come natural to me meaning i am doing something that out of my own passion and understanding so i want to go to mm -hmm. my classroom and interact with my students and mtsu is a great university with you know the first generation children young people right. who come to the university with a lot of curiosity and i find them that you know you bring the pedagogical skills that they need you bring to the class my research obviously i bring that to my classroom mm -hmm. and i begin to engage with students on one on one and you begin to see that in groups cohorts and all that there's a great deal of learning that is happening there and for me at least to bring the research uh, not talk about in the ether you know the abstract ideas but to concretize them in students lives and students experience is something that i think is essential you can talk about philosophy and you can talk about humanities but if you can bring those things the broad ideas uh, and then you know engage with students i think you know that is where you open up the spaces of learning I can't let you leave without uh, mentioning, giving you a plug for your book. Um, uh, I noticed it was published in 2019. Mm -hmm. Talk about it very briefly. What did, what did it explore? Yes, yeah, so this was a book on India's media, uh, broadcasting power and narrative, published by the Cambridge University Press. Uh, the key question for me was the growth and development of broadcasting. But I was looking at the colonial and the context of the growth with the British colonized India. The development of broadcasting was quite Im important for mm -hmm. me to look at. Other scholars have written about it, but I wanted to bring a new perspective. So I use Paul Ricker's work, which is in a continental philosopher, and then I bring other perspectives. Of course, John Dewey and you know William James, the American pragmatist school. But I was looking at a kind of a broadly cultural studies, neo-Marxist perspectives. And what I found was that the rise of telegraph and radio and television cannot be seen as kind of a chronological way, meaning one substituting the other, but it was kind of a development which was kind of, you know, one over the other. And there were many complex issues that I was sort of looking at. Idea of religion, the secular, and I was looking at how uh, particularly one can make sense of the broadcast. Now we are living in an age of the broadband. And then, you know, one really doesn't, you know, pay attention to the broadcast. You know, I think, you know, the broadcast and the broadband are two different ways in which right. we can conceptualize and understand the history of media development in any part of the world, particularly in this case, India, which is a complex legacy and history, colonial, post-colonial. So it's a kind of a rich historical theoretical work. I'm sort of, you know, making my own, you know, push towards expanding the field of uh, theory and philosophy. And that is where I sort of lay out the groundwork. And I think uh, and of course, you know, others will be commenting on the book, but it is an open work now, meaning it's published. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to have a more greater dialogue. Well, congratulations to you. And thank you for coming on Out of the Blue and explaining all of this wonderful research and these great opportunities for our students. Thank you, Andrew. My pleasure. We'll be right back. Your MTSU Alumni Association has a goal of placing this pin on the lapel of all those who call this campus theirs. Let's pass that tradition on. Let's pass it on. Don't underestimate me. Don't count me out. Don't limit my potential. Don't block my runway. We are Middle Tennessee State University. I exceed expectations. I work harder than the rest. I set the tone. I still serve with honor. I go the distance. I am true blue. I am True Blue. As a member of this diverse community, I am a valuable contributor to its progress and its success. I am engaged in the life of this community. I am a recipient and a giver. I'm a listener and a speaker. I am honest in word and deed. I am committed to reason, not violence. I am a learner. Now and forever. I am a Blue Raider. I am a Blue Raider. I'm a Blue Raider. True Blue. 
Pass the tradition on. Pass the tradition on. Pass it on! Do you want the advantages of a major university with the Ivy League experience of an honors college? What you're looking for is right in front of you. Middle Tennessee State University's beautiful campus is home to over 140 majors taught in state-of-the-art facilities. Our undergraduates get hands-on experience, working alongside a highly respected and caring faculty. Take a closer look. Become True Blue. Welcome back to Out of the Blue. I'm Andrew Ottman. Dr. Katie Schrote is a professor in our College of Education. She is also a vocal advocate on family literacy. She recently received a grant to engage community schools in literacy events, and she works to underscore how high-quality, culturally sustaining books can make a big difference in the development of our children. And she joins us on Out of the Blue to talk about this and some amazing news. Welcome to Out of the Blue. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So, Appreciate it. I, congratulations on, on this grant. Why don't you talk a little bit about what that means, the organization first book, and what that money is going to help you accomplish. Yes, so um, I'm really excited because this is my first big grant to get. I got $50,000 and it's all books from First Book. Um, and what First Book is, it's a nonprofit and um, they really seek to close the achievement gap for students of low-income families. And right. so um, the reason they're called First Book is they hope to be a child's first book. Okay, okay? So very literally yes. it is a first book. Okay. Yeah, and so um, they can, and not just like any book that came from your trash bin that somebody donated, but a brand new award-winning culturally relevant book that can be theirs. And so what they do is they help teachers who work with low-income students and they help families um, by providing books um, that are high quality, award-winning, mm -hmm. culturally sustaining for about $5 a piece, which never oh. happens. And I brought some beautiful ones here well, to see. And, and that's a good segue. These look very attractive and very impressive just for judging the book by the cover, but obviously this fits the bill, what you're looking for, right? Yes, and so um, just as a short example, this um, book, Dreamers, is the author, it's her true story. Um, of how when she crossed the border with her, her child on her hip from Mexico into El Paso, and she tells a story about how they found libraries for the first time, and it was like a magical place wow. for her. And she um, learned how to speak English, learned her artwork, and that's her true story, and it's award-winning um, Pura Belpre Award. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, when I open a box from First Book, it's, my breath is taken away because of the art. And these it kids will feel the same, gorgeous. they'll feel the same way when, and then they get to own that and keep it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And let's show another one real fast. Yeah, so this one is actually by an actress you may know, um, Lupita Nyong'o. Oh, yes. Yeah, and the reason culturally sustaining books are um, important for kids is we, ca we call them windows and mirrors. And um, we want uh, kids to be able to see themselves in a book like a mirror, but we also want kids to be able to see um, other cultures and become more empathetic um, toward people who don't necessarily look like them. But, you know, imagine this little girl being able to look at a book and see herself in the wow. book. Um, so that's a beautiful new one. And then these are some science ones, which is another training we're gonna do is a science training. So helping teachers use um, this is about hidden figures. You've probably heard that uh, right, that yeah. uh, nonfiction uh, picture book, and that's about evolution and the moth, a story about natural selection. So it's gorgeous, mm -hmm. but they're also, we're giving them content. 
it's really exciting. It's beautiful. And I noticed when I opened up the cover, this book was generously donated mm -hmm. by First Book in partnership, and there we are with Middle Tennessee yes. State <laughs> University. And also, it looks like you, you've partnered with Lipscomb as well, uh, and also two community groups. Yeah, so I, I think the most exciting thing about um, this partnership is sometimes it can be easy for us to, to stay in our office or, you know, ivory tower, mm -hmm. you know, s situation. But in education, we really, for our kids and for our teachers, we're better together, and we also have to be in on the ground in the community. So I'm really passionate about that, and I'm passionate about um, that we all have strengths and that we can use our strengths together. So here in Middle Tennessee, um, we have Read to Succeed, which has a similar mm -hmm. mission as uh, First Book. And we have Murfreesboro City Schools right here, you know, in our town. We have Title I designated schools of kids who um, I've heard stories of kids here in Murfreesboro who don't have their own first book. And then, you know, just right down the road in Nashville, we have one of the most high poverty school districts in Tennessee, which is Metro Nashville Schools. And we have Lipscomb, which is another great university. And why don't we partner together? Right. And then also um, they have Bookham. So we decided let's join forces. And so um, I wrote the grant with all of them as my partners. And um, we're all committed to getting all these books out, we will hit 10,000 kids by the end of this. Um, wow. Yeah, 10,000 kids will get books um, in all throughout Metro Nashville schools and all through uh, Murfreesboro City Schools, and then teachers will also get to build up their libraries um, with all this money. Why is it important that we get into these schools and as a university? Why, what roles do we as universities play to help solve this problem, to, to make strides in this direction. We have a privilege as professors to have a lot more time mm -hmm. on our hands to research, to write these grants, to figure out what's best practices. You know, that's part of our job. But if we stay, you know, doing that up in our offices, then we we don't help teachers out on the field. I think we're really committed in the College of Education just to be in the schools with the teachers to know what it's like to be a teacher now and um, don't lose touch and be with kids and see their faces mm -hmm. because that's why we do what we're doing and um, not to lose sight of that kid um, when they open their first book or when they um, bring in their family and get to show and do a project together in a family literacy night and then take home books and to see that pride um, and then to support teachers because they are asked to do so much. So mm -hmm. if we can help them with training because we're doing some professional development with this as well, you know, give them some training, give them free stuff <laughs> and then um, also help them um, with a best way to put on a literacy event that will include families. Right. Um, that's really um, our goal. Great segue, because I, I wanted to ask you about literacy events. Give me an example of what you're talking about there. Sure. So traditionally, and um, what Read to Succeed has really been helping us do is a family literacy night. The parents come, caregivers, whoever, grandparents, cousins, whoever can come, and they provide dinner, and then we provide books and we provide about 45 minutes of activities around these books right. and we want to empower them to feel like they can snuggle up with this book and they can ask the kid questions and they can bond together and learn together as a family and there's a lot of research that home literacy environment impacts um, kids reading achievement and so um, we want to help parents with that because we know that they have a hard job. Well congratulations to you. Thank Your you. First 
big grant yes. <laughs> uh, and making a big difference in the lives of children here. It's really appreciated. And thanks for coming on Out of the Blue. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And this does wrap up another edition of Out of the Blue. You can find more stories and videos about the campus 24 hours a day by visiting our website, mtsunews.com. And we invite you to follow MTSU on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for additional special content. I'm Andrew Ottman. I hope you will always remain true blue. Out of the Blue is broadcast on Murfreesboro Cable Channel 9, Monday through Sunday, 7 a.m. and 7.30 p.m. News Channel 5 Plus and MTSU student station, MT10. It's also available on other cable outlets in Middle Tennessee, so check your local listings. Out of the Blue is a production of MTSU's Division of Marketing and Communications and MTSU Audiovisual Services in the College of Education. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.